Life is the flight of the alone to the alone, a quote by Plotinus. Welcome to the Akubica Mind. Today I've got a wonderful speech that I discovered by uh, Terence McKenna, so I'm going to play that here in a minute. But I wanted to talk a little bit about it before I actually do, because it's very relevant to the conversation that I've had on the podcast over the past couple of episodes in terms of learning to be honest with yourself and learning to be honest with others. So kind of the, the central theme of this speech by Terence McKenna is about surrendering, about learning to surrender the opinions that you have of the world and how it actually exists and learning to have a direct experience and learning what it actually is like to exist and not just thinking about what it's like to exist. So very deep thoughts from Terence McKenna on this particular speech. It's very short. It's about uh, 10 or 15 minutes. So I hope you enjoy it. Just remember, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash mind, And for a dollar a month, you can get the ad-free feed. You can get exclusive episodes. You get early access to episodes. And uh, be sure to check out the website, thealchemicalmind.com, where you can find links to the Discord and other uh, subscription services. So without further ado, here's Terrence McKenna. The issue that hovers around the psychedelic experience, it was mentioned last night, it's strong in my life. I haven't found any uh, real solution other than hold your nose and jump. But the issue is surrender. This is something real. You don't find people going into the ashram in the morning to meditate with their knees knocking in fear because of how terrifying and profound they know that meditation is going to be. But if they were going in there to smoke DMT, you know, they would be fully riveted on the modalities of what was about to happen. I mean, we can tell shit from Shinola. It's just that we don't always prefer Shinola. Uh, and and I'm not like ad, I don't advocate it. You know, people like sometimes there are people who are disappointed because they say, "Well, how often do you do it?" Well, the answer is not very often. I mean, if I can get it in a couple or three times a year, I feel like I'm hitting it pretty hard. And the more successful it is, the less often you have to do it. I mean, I know people who say DMT is their most favorite drug. And when you say, well, when was the last time you did it? They say, well, 1967. It only lasted four minutes. They're still processing it. And, and they are still processing it. They're not just whistling Dixie. I mean, I, it is, to my mind, the, just the most... Well, I mentioned this earlier, the question, how do they keep the lid on this stuff? And I suppose here I'm preaching to the converted, because every, many people last night said they had an interest in this kind of thing. But um, they don't keep the lid on sexuality. No society has ever had it so under control that people didn't have sex. I mean, they may have had sex under weird conditions and uh, uh, under, you know, ritual strictures and this and that. But we are like this salamander that has the option of never developing into its mature form. And to my mind, that's a tragedy because this is our birthright and somehow our inability to get a grip on our global problems has to do with this immaturity about our mental state 
the two I, I feel very strongly are linked and that of course we can't get control of the world because we are children in some profound way and we don't like being children it's, it, but the culture has reinforced a form of infantilism and the, the way I explain it to myself is it's a kind of unwillingness to go it alone on a certain level I don't know how many of you remember in Brave New World Huxley's brilliant dystopia but there's a scene in there where um, Bernard who is the guy who's out of it in the novel because in his fetal fluid they got an alcohol contaminant and so he's different from everybody else in this society and he occasionally has original thoughts and he and his uh, assigned girlfriend for the evening or whatever she is are in a helicopter and they sweep out past the crematoria that where they're recollecting elements for reuse and he suspends the helicopter over the black bay uh, and uh, and she immediately becomes very agitated restless anxious and pleads with him to return to the city and what it is is it's her anxiety over being alone in the presence of nature she literally can't take it and I think there are a lot of people in our society uh, and each of us in our own way at different times who uh, have within us this neurotic and infantile creature that can't face it alone and that this um, going it alone thing is very important you know Plotinus the great Neoplatonic philosopher he spoke of the mystical experience as the flight of the alone to the alone and um, in the psychedelic experience there is this issue of surrender because a lot of people want to diddle with it they want to be able to say they did it but they don't ever want to face an actual moment where they put it all on the line and yet the whole issue with this stuff is to let it lead to let it show what it wants to show so somehow individually we have to reclaim our experience uh, the, the real message more important even than the psychedelic experience the real message that I try to leave with people in these weekends is the primacy of direct experience that as people the real universe is uh, you know within your reach always everything not within your reach is basically unconfirmed rumor and we insert ourselves like ants or honeybees into hierarchies of knowledge so we say well what's going on in the world well turn on CNN you know and then somehow we're ordered then we say aha uh -huh, okay it's 85 degrees in Baghdad and the wind is out of the Northeast at 15 miles an hour and we feel somehow better now because we're getting the information but what we have done is sold out 
direct experience. And all institutions require this of us, that we somehow redefine ourselves for the convenience of the institution. And this redefinition always involves a narrowing, a denial, so that, you know, if you want to be in Marxist society, if you want to function in Marxist society, you have to define yourself as a Marxist human being. Well, it turns out in a Marxist society there are no homosexuals because that just happens in decadent societies. So then, you know, if you happen to notice any tendency like this in yourself, you have to deny its existence because it just does, this just doesn't happen in a Marxist society. And similarly, every society has this. In our society, if you hear voices, we have mental hospitals for you. Uh, if you if you have vast visions of the future, uh, you know we have drugs that can help you and uh, make this go away. Uh, so we so then somehow in modern society, the discovery of psychedelics is the discovery that all of this cultural machinery is just Wizard of Oz stuff. You remember the scene in The Wizard of Oz where the curtain is swept back and they see the little guy there and he says, booming out over the loudspeaker, ignore the little man pulling the levers. Ignore the little man pulling the levers. Well, the little man pulling the levers is what sweeps into view with psychedelics and you discover, aha, culture is provisional, you know, whether we have nine wives or three, whether we tattoo ourselves blue, whether we eat insects or not, all of these things are just decisions that we make. And then we congratulate ourselves on our wisdom and we live within that and we hunt down and kill all the people who disagree with us. And that's called having a culture, having a way of life, uh, being somebody. But with you know, I don't see history as a wrong turning. I see it, the metaphor that I like is that of the prodigal son, that there was a reason for this long descent into matter, this peregrination. It was a shamanic journey of some sort. You know, the shaman goes into the, the world pool or ascends the world tree to go to the center of the axis of the cosmos to recover the pearl, the pearl or the gift or the lost soul, and then return with it. And this is what history was, I think. It was a descent into the hell worlds of matter, energy, space, and time for the purpose of recovering something that was lost, it wasn't lost by us. It was lost by the breathing, the diastole of the planet. Just climax of climate moved us into paradise and then moved us out of paradise. I mean, you must that the story of Eden is the story of history's first drug bust. I mean, it's the story of a whole lot of tension over who's going to take or not take a certain plant which confers knowledge. And Yahweh, wandering in the garden, says to himself, if the man and the woman eat of the fruit, they will become as we are, 
the issue was co-equality, co-knowledge with the Creator. Well, where where do we stand, you know, in man's existential march? Uh, how does that work? Can we always accept the subservient, infantile position? I mean, is knowledge to be dispensed by uh, gods, and if not gods, then the institutions that appoint themselves as gods over us? Or is it actually that... Uh, Maturity begins with somehow claiming this birthright, and it is a birthright. And I don't know if a, if, if a society can survive the claiming of this birthright by a large number of people. Certainly in the 1960s when this was attempted, everything, everybody got very agitated and then uh, it was frozen out. In, in so-called primitive or pre-literate societies, there is the office of the shaman. And the, the shaman is deputized to act for all of us in the same way that we have airplane mechanics to fix jet engines. We have shamans to explore these hidden and fairly terrifying other dimensions the people who self-select themselves into a group like this in a society like that would be the candidates for this kind of shamanic voyaging. And I hope you enjoyed that. There's a, a little piece that I wanted to talk about in terms of what Terence just said. And one quote that kind of stood out to me as part of listening and kind of going through this process on my own is the thing that he said about, if you hear voices, we have mental hospitals for you. I think that's a fascinating discussion to be had. I know I've had this discussion with some of the listeners privately on Twitter and uh, on the Discord channel. And uh, so shout out to both Frank and to David for having these conversations with me. You guys are incredible. And one thing that we don't really have a place for in our modern society is the the place for someone who thinks differently, who has the thoughts that I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you have about how to find your true self and what this whole crazy universe is about and what our place within it is, what our purpose, if you will, is within the universe. And that's something that I think about quite often because it's, it's very tough when you arrive at some of these alternative ways of finding truth and meaning in a world that doesn't really appreciate those kind of things, right? There's kind of that cliche uh, saying about how you know things were a lot better when we had religion, even though, of course, religion oftentimes leads to many different issues, many different uh, conflicts. Wars generally arise as a result of ideological differences. And nowadays, maybe that's more socio-political, maybe economic, but in you know most of human history, that hasn't been the case. It's been through the fact that I believe in this God and you believe in that one. And if you don't believe in mine, then you're wrong. So let me go and kill you. Of course, I've talked a little bit about this during the epistemology series, uh, in particular the episode that I did on tribalism and the inherent problems with tribalism. And of course, there's nothing wrong with belonging to a tribe and wanting to participate in a group, but it's some of the other things that arise out of it when we lose control of ourselves, of you know, both our conscious and unconscious self, the shadow self, and of course of the ego, of allowing the ego to control the actions that we take on a day-to-day -day basis. So a lot of really interesting things to think about as a result of this episode 
If you want to reach out and get in touch, by all means, check me out on Twitter at MindAlchemical and, of course, email Martin at The Alchemical Mind. And uh, I think this is uh, somehow a kind of a, a backdoor pilot to what's coming up next. So we're going to be diving into Zoroastrianism in the coming week. And as a result of that, I'm going to kind of kick it off with some ideas on the influence of Zoroastrianism on the Gnostic religion. And interestingly enough, it, there's a, a close tie-in to the Mithraic cults in Roman civilization in the first couple centuries AD. So uh, you'll, you'll catch that when we get to that. There's going to be a Patreon-exclusive episode on uh, the cult of Mithras in modern culture. So I'm going to be talking about Raised by Wolves. If you want to check that out, you'll have to be a patron at any level. A dollar and up is fine. And uh, in order to prepare for that, I'm going to release the, the first in the Symbology 101 series on the Sacred Cow. And by now you're thinking, what does this have to do with anything that you just said? Well, you'll have to listen to that episode. So the Symbology 101 series is going to be exclusive to the patrons. And uh, so will that episode on the Raised by Wolves and the Cult of Mithras. But I want to, if you're not a patron and you want to get kind of a sample for the kind of things that I'll be diving into in that series, I'm going to release the episode on Symbology 101, The Sacred Cow, uh, to everybody. So uh, you don't need to be a patron. You can listen to it on the feed and wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anything else. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, then consider signing up and supporting the podcast as well, where you get all the benefits I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. That is going to wrap up this episode. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with some brand new content. And as always, remember that you are it. <laughs>